Welcome to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we inspire collaborative thinking, improved outcomes, and business success with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders and influencers. And now your host, Saul Marquez. And welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have the outstanding Dr. Greg Summer. He's the founder and CSO at Sandstone Diagnostics. He's a PhD level engineer, entrepreneur, and executive in consumer healthcare and clinical diagnostics. In 2012, Dr. Summer co-founded Sandstone Diagnostics. They're a Bay Area diagnostic and digital health company developing sophisticated connected wellness products that allow consumers to measure monitor and improve key health makers, markers at home. He was recognized in 2015 as the Bay Area's 40 under 40 by Diablo Magazine and has won numerous entrepreneurial competitions. He's also a co-inventor on 18 patents in microfluidic and clinical diagnostic technologies, and he secured over six million in research grants as principal investigator for the NIH, DOE, USDA, DOD, the list goes on and on. He's an accomplished individual, and it's a pleasure to have Greg on the podcast. Welcome, my friend. Thanks, Saul. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Now, is there anything that you want to add to the intro? Oh, not really. You know, it sounds pretty comprehensive. Thanks for the, the kind. <laughs> Maybe what wasn't in there is is kind of the, the male fertility space of our company's focus on you know, really helping men become dads, which is what I've been doing for the large part of the last uh, six years, I guess. Absolutely. And I'm excited to dive into that some more for sure. So to kick things off, what got you into the healthcare market? It really kind of started back in college and grad school, I guess. I, I'm a mechanical engineer by, by trading and the healthcare field is an area that has so much room for improvements and innovation and mm -hmm. the you know I was kind of early in my academic career exposed to some startup companies developing new tools and was really inspired by the opportunity to just develop medical devices and healthcare tools that can you can really see an impact in you know I also mm -hmm. had experiences in developing or you know working on machines that make tape for example and it just didn't have the impact or the you know the end of the day success that, that the medical projects did. And I think, you know, the way healthcare is run, bringing new innovations into the market can be slow and time consuming. And for that reason, the, the field's a little bit behind compared to other fields. So the idea that there's just so much room for new tools and technology and innovation in healthcare really helped me craft my, my focus in this area. That's great. Yeah, I agree with you completely. It's definitely gratifying to be in a space, Greg, where you could get that instant uh, gratification from the things that you're doing. And I mean, what's more valuable than impacting people's lives, <laughs> right? Directly. Yeah, but it's actually delayed gratification. Like to bring anything to market in medicine is just such a long time consuming process. There's, you know, so much red tape and regulatory hurdles to it that you really have to be P driven. That kind of, you know, that's a double edged coin, I guess. And that, that's true. You yeah, got to be vision focused. You got to see it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of better ways to do it. You have to be committed to bringing it to fruition, which, you know, it's one thing if you're developing an app, you can almost release an app overnight, but to bring a medical tool to market, you're looking at years and millions of dollars. So it's uh, kind of a longer road, I guess, but the impact is, 
exponentially better in my opinion. Yeah. Well, Hey, we're, we're ultra marathoners here in, uh, in healthcare. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're uh, ultra Glutt- marathoners. Gluttons here. for punishment. Maybe <laughs> that too. <laughs> A little sadistic, I think. Uh, <laughs> hey, so, so Greg, what do you think, you know, a hot topic that needs to be on medical leaders' agendas today, and how are you and your organization approaching that? Well, I think specific to us, it's something we've been really encompassed in over the last several years is the idea of of preventative and proactive steps to improving one's health and having that show improvement in outcomes down the road. You Mm -hmm. know, we work in the men's health and fertility space where we, we developed and now we sell a tool that allows men to measure and track their sperm count at home. And it's focused on couples trying to conceive that, you know, infertility is becoming a big problem and mm-hmm. men are half the cases, but, you know, until now, men haven't had a whole lot of options in this space. So a, a home test kit and a way to measure and, you know, track improvements is somewhat of a, a different new approach to fertility, but it's also got these layers of additional benefits where we're dealing with a customer set and a patient set that really doesn't get any health care at all. These are young men who a lot of them are otherwise healthy and, yeah. you know, young guys don't, don't go see the doctor, at least not regularly. It's got to take a, a big accident or something to go see a, see a doctor a lot of the times. But unfortunately, it's leading to a lot of bad outcomes down the road. Men die on average seven years earlier than women and are much more higher risk of developing chronic diseases like cancer, diabetes, and cardiovascular disease. And that's partly due to, you know, not taking care of themselves. You know, you, you kind of, we show this um, kind of trough in men's healthcare expenditure where, you know, they tend to get a lot of health attention early when they're young boys. And then later in life, when all these things flare up and in the middle, there's this huge gap where if we could fill that gap with some incentives and motivations to take care of yourself, we think that has a big outcome down the road. And being able to work in the fertility space is unique in that we're kind of able to address healthcare in a very motivated and incentivized manner for guys who are trying to start their families, trying to become dads. You know, what, you know, part of what we preach is that if you get, take care of yourself, you get a little bit healthier, you live a little bit better, you're going to see an improvement in your fertility and your chances of conception. And, you know, that's much more motivating for a lot of guys than, you know, just losing a few pounds or being able to see an improvement in your your pants size, you know, the, the motivation to start your family is a, a really motivating effect. So I think in terms of what that means is one of the biggest problems in healthcare is the costs, right? Yeah. Healthcare is just so astronomical. Well, if we can find ways to cost effectively and efficiently improve healthcare and behaviors early in life, we think that's going to have a dramatic impact in the long run as, as these these men and women get older and, and have more health concerns that uh, can be diminished by, you know, those proactive steps. Love it. Yeah. It's so interesting, right? I mean, you're helping men with their fertility and it's sort of like that sperm count, for example, is the symptom, but then you end up running into opportunities to help with their wellness. So you, you end up helping them improve their overall health by helping them with what they're experiencing. Exactly. Yeah. One of the advisors we work with calls sperm the sixth vital sign. You know, there's all <laughs> nice. this research going on showing that sperm are, are really important just beyond fertility and conception where most of the attention with 
sperm quality goes, but there's all this research and data showing that sperm is an important health marker, that if you have a low sperm count, you're at a much higher risk of, of these other diseases that I mentioned wow. earlier and of you know dying earlier in life than other men who are fertile. So you're going to start to see sperm count looked at a little bit differently, I think, over the next several years as this research continues to come to fruition. And we're in the midst of a, it's already kind of happening that there's all this data showing that sperm counts are plummeting, that the average sperm count in men has dropped by over 50% over the last four decades. Wow. And so now the scientists are saying, well, not only what's going on and what's causing it, but what does this mean? And, you know, I think it's probably a little too early to sound the alarm bells, but people are talking about, well, is this going to be an economic problem? You know, the fertility rate's already at an all-time low in this country. If our sperm counts continue to plummet, how low is it going to go? And what does that mean for sustaining an economy? The records are, that's fascinating, man. I mean, the records for sperm count reduction, that's U.S.-based. I mean, have they done any comparative studies to other countries? Is it a human problem? Is it a U.S. problem? It's actually... It's a worldwide problem. The, the study that came out last year really kind of put an end to the controversy and naysayers to, you know, they kind of did this big meta-analysis of, of all the fertility studies that have been done. It's actually a bigger problem in the Western world and some of the more industrialized nations, which kind of points to it being a problem of pollution and, and the, the plastics that we use that we're drinking and eating from. And, you yeah. know, there's all these theories. It's probably at the end of the day, kind of a multifactorial cause of what's, you know, we're, we're more obese. We're more, we're sitting around more than we used to. There's, there's issues going on that are definitely causing this problem. But, you know, sperm, you, you mentioned it as a symptom. It's not like low sperm count has other symptoms. You know, oh, I've been feeling low. I feel like my <laughs> you know, I've been kind of drowsy. I feel like my sperm count's low. Like, there's no way to know unless you actually get yeah. that test. And most men aren't getting tested. You know, the only reason you for anything get your sperm count tested is if you've been trying to get pregnant for many months or years and finally yeah. muster up the will to go see a fertility clinic or a doctor and they'll test it. So we're trying to change that. We're trying to say, you know, this is a big problem. This is a common problem that a lot of men and couples are having. The earlier you can get tested, see where you're at, the better your outcomes and chances of success. Because especially in the fertility game where time isn't on your side, you know, this is unfortunately something that, you know, as you age, you're, you're not going to get more fertile or you get less fertile. So, you know, the sooner you can take some steps, the better your chances of success. Love that. No, it's so great. And um, you definitely have done the work here, Greg, to sort of uh, be able to speak to some of the results that have been found. Can you share with the listeners a time when you and your your colleagues made a mistake or a setback and uh, what you learned from that? Oh, yeah. Let's see. How much time do you have? <laughs> well, we're a, we're a startup company. So, you know, I started this company with two two co-founders, for all of us, it was kind of our first company. So we jumped in headfirst into the startup world and, you know, started building sperm counters in the garage. I think one of our mistakes that fortunately we learned early on was that things take a lot more time and money than you expect them to. Yes. You know, part of being an entrepreneur is I think you're ambitious and you're kind of a, the glass is half full and you're very optimistic type personality. But when it comes to setting a plan and a strategy and raising money and, you know, hitting the milestones that you need to hit as a business and a startup company, especially in the medical space, it's really important that you set realistic expectations and whatever you think it's going to take, multiply it by a factor of four and then add a few and see if you can still, you know, (laughs) if that's still going to make sense for you to do it. Because 
you know, that's just the reality of how things go. I think you always want to, one of the lessons learned early on was it's always better to under promise and over deliver. So set yourself up for success by keeping that bar achievable. I think it's a great call out for sure. It's a meandering system and uh, it takes time. What would you say one of your proudest moments in, in healthcare has been to date, Greg? Oh, you know, the proudest moments come in daily and that's the success stories that we have with our customers. We launched this product last year. It's a consumer product. People buy it on our website on Amazon and, you know, it's kind of changing the fertility game for a lot of couples who... What's the website, Greg? Oh, it's at uh, Track Fertility. So T-R-A-K Fertility.com. The product's awesome. called the Track Male Fertility Testing System. Track Fertility.com, folks. If it's something that you're working through, by all means, check that out. And we'll, we'll provide a link on the show notes as well. So you'll be able to, to find it easily through our website. But anyway, you're saying the daily stories, Greg. Yeah. Well, you know, fertility is an interesting space of healthcare where it's mostly elective. It's mostly out of pocket. A lot of fertility isn't covered by yeah. insurance, although that's getting better. And, you know, this is an issue that doesn't just affect affluent people who can afford $20,000 a month for a fertility treatment. You know, there's a lot of people out there struggling with infertility and don't have a whole lot of options. So when we get these stories in of, you know, these thank you notes from, from men and their partners who use our product, start taking some steps to get healthier and, you know, get pregnant. That's, um, you know, it makes those late nights and early mornings all, all worth it. So. That's awesome, man. I can imagine too. I mean, that's because I've talked to a lot of people struggling through this and uh, when they finally make it work, it's just such a great thing. Yeah. It's one of those, I guess, coming back to, you know, delayed gratification, yeah. Of, um, if you've struggled with fertility and then you're finally, you know, I'm a dad, I have three, three young girls and I can't imagine life without them. You know, it's, yeah. um, if you struggle through it and you're finally successful and you're starting your family, I think it's a feeling like, like none other. It's a really special time in people's lives that we're fortunately able to be a part of. That's beautiful, man. You're, you're doing great things for awesome people. Tell us about an exciting project, our focus that you're working on today, Greg. Sure. Yeah, as a company, we're we're looking and working very heavily in a kind of tangential area of healthcare. So our device, the track system, is kind of a new way of doing sperm counts. It's based on centrifugation. So when you buy our product, you actually get a little centrifuge. It's a little kit that comes to your house. You know, you don't have to send your sample in. You run this all yourself, and you run it with a little centrifuge. It has a motor in it. It's got a couple of runs on two AA batteries and gives you a reading of your sperm count. But um, oh, it spins, right? It spins, yeah. It spins yeah. about five minutes at about 7,500 RPM. And, you know, so it spins pretty quickly and show you what your sperm count is. We are uh, we're now expanding this technology into the area of blood plasma preparation. So instead of spinning, you know, a man's semen sample, we can take blood samples and use the system to really rapidly isolate plasma from blood cells. And the reason that's exciting is that, you know, the majority of blood tests that are run today, the clinical diagnostics are run on plasma. They're not run on whole blood. In fact, the blood cells that are in your blood can cause a lot of issues and contamination with diagnostic tests. So there's various ways of removing those cells. Most of them though are confined to the laboratory. So what we're building is a system that can be used when blood is collected. You know, if you Today, if you go have a tube of blood collected, you'll go to a phlebotomist, they'll, they'll draw it, and then they'll send it to a lab. And the problem is though, that blood cells, you know, they stay connected to the plasma and in a whole blood tube for 
you know, some amount of time. Sometimes it's minutes, sometimes it's hours or days that it's in that tube and it's degrading all along. So what we're developing is a system that can replace that tube to spin down the blood immediately, isolate the plasma and then physically separate it before it's sent to the lab. And we're seeing that that has really dramatic impact in the quality of the diagnostics we can run on the plasma sample by getting those contaminations out of there. So we're, we're spinning a lot of blood these days and really excited. The, the feasibility data that we have already from this system is really outperforming other solutions in the, the blood collection space and something that we're really excited about. Amazing. Good for you guys. And uh, how did you guys make the connection with that? I mean, that's uh, brilliant. When I saw the device, I, I, I thought about it and then it was kind of just like a fleeting thought. I thought about plasma <laughs> and all the stuff that they do, like when they do the, like for instance, the total joint procedures or, you know, in office um, stuff for, for joint clinics. Yeah. So as a company, we, uh, we've been spending things for a while. One of my co-founders and I, we were at a national lab for about five years, uh, developing devices for biodefense applications, uh-huh. kind of a handheld deployable system that could be run by first responders if you know some nasty agent were to be released in a mass populated area. Uh, we were doing a lot of blood tests there, so spinning down blood samples and doing things like white cell counts. And then, so we've had some projects in this area ever since, and this actually came from you know someone we were working with that just asked us, well, you know, we're having a really big problem. This was a a partner that we're working with said so we have this big problem where our samples are coming in and we have to throw a lot of them out because this, they're just not high quality enough samples. They, they take too long to get here and these cells degrade so quickly. Can you guys you know, develop a plasma system? And said, yeah, well, we could separate plasma and did a little research, a little homework and showed, well, you know, this is, this is something that is worth pursuing. So we've been putting a lot of emphasis there recently. And at the same time, you know, growing the track business. So there's a lot going on in a lot of different areas, but it's, it's an exciting time for sure. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. And you never know when, when the, the efforts that you're putting in to develop the technologies you develop, they might have different applications and it becomes exciting when those applications come up. Uh, the key is just to stay in the game long enough to see that happen. Going back to, to Greg's point of multiply it by four, <laughs> whatever time you're expecting and add a little bit more. And if you just stay in long enough, you're, you're going to start seeing that, that success. It's a fascinating product that you've developed. You guys are doing some fantastic things, Greg. We'll definitely be able to, to share this link. And a big part of it is, is knowledge, right? Because before I you know, did some background on you, I didn't know about it. And how do you get the word out? You know, that's, that's key too. It sure is. Yeah. That's a question that I ask myself every day. (laughs) So, uh, all right, we're getting close to the end here, Greg. Let's pretend you and I are building a leadership course on what it takes to be successful in the business of healthcare. It's the 101 crash course with Dr. Greg Summer. I got four questions, lightning round style, followed by a book that you recommend to the listeners. You ready? Sure. All right. What's the best way to improve healthcare outcomes? Uh, I'd say get the costs out. Anything that can bring the costs out of healthcare is is likely to be successful. If you take the cost out, you improve access to care and people are going to get healthier. What is the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid? Like I said earlier, I think um, setting your expectations too high, you know, set, set something reasonable, something you can achieve and make sure you knock it out of the park. How do you stay relevant despite constant change? Make sure you're market driven. So keep your eyes and ears on what the market's telling you, what your customers say they want and need, and make sure that you're delivering. Make sure you're not um, 
going blindly, just listen to what the customers are telling you. What's one area of focus that drives everything in your organization, Greg? Innovation. You know, we tell our employees there's better ways to do everything. Challenge the status quo. And if you see a problem, something that needs to be solved, then, then let's solve it. What book would you recommend to the listeners? Peter Thiel wrote a really good book called Zero to One. That It's hmm. a quick read. Um, you know, he's of PayPal fame, but it's a lot yeah. of a lot of nice lessons, a lot of takeaways that I think can be applied to a lot of businesses in there, including healthcare. Love it. Great book. Totally recommend it as well. And folks, you could find links to the book, links to the track website where you could get a kit for your own testing system. Go to outcomesrocket.health slash track. That's T-R-A-K. You'll find all of our show notes there, including a full transcript. So before we conclude, Greg, I'd love if you could just share your closing thoughts and then the best place where the listeners could get in touch with or follow you. Yeah, thanks. Well, I think my closing thought would be, you know, part of what you mentioned with getting the word out that, um, you know, male, male infertility is a problem. It's uh, something that a lot of men and couples struggle with and it's still a taboo subject. So, you know, I appreciate you bringing me on to to build some awareness. And like you said, everybody, everybody's either been through it or they know someone who's gone through infertility. And the more we can just keep, keep the awareness out there and the conversation and communication open that, you know, it's okay to talk about these things and to take steps to address it. And if you do that, you're going to be much more likely to be successful, which in, in this case means becoming a dad. And, you know, we have a lot of resources that can help trackfertility.com, T-R-A-K fertility.com and, you know, reach out anytime. We are, uh, we're small, we're nimble, we're hungry. And, you know, we're here to change the way that the couples get pregnant. Outstanding, Greg. Hey, it was a pleasure to, to showcase your amazing work and we'll definitely be sharing and, and spreading the word. So keep up the, uh, the awesome work, my friend. Thanks all. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket podcast. Be sure to visit us on the web at www.outcomesrocket.com for the show notes, resources, inspiration, and so much more. <laughs>